Jeez. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash twodrinkcinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash Two Drink Cinema. Cheers. Two Drink Cinema. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We are two brothers reviewing movies two drinks at a time. I was going to say just rating movies, but we're doing more than that. Otherwise, we just go die hard. Die hard. Eh. Three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of the episode. But it's not. We're going to review the whole movie uh, from... Sleigh Bell start to family reunion finish. Welcome, Brett. Thank you. How are you today? Good. I'm in the Christmas spirit. I've just come from a Christmas party. Oh, good. In the park um, with a little bit of sun. I may have sunburnt myself, uh, but we'll find that out later. It is Die Hard this week. It is Die Hard. The most... Potentially toxic masculinity Christmas movie ever. <laughs> the most controversial Christmas movie. Uh, because it's not a Christmas movie. I was... Before we get too into the debate of whether or not it's a Christmas movie, it's such a man movie. It is disgustingly masculine. Like, I, I said toxic masculinity. I don't think it's quite... Toxic masculinity. I don't think the movie is toxic, but its definite majority of its demographic are men that don't believe toxic masculinity is a thing. And yeah, well, it's also <laughs> the 80s as well when yeah. that wasn't a thing. But um, it's almost just like here's what goes wrong when you're, you've got a big male ego. Yeah. On both sides. On, on every, almost almost every character in the movie. Inside the building <laughs> and outside, outside the building. Outside the building, on top of the building. In all levels of law enforcement. Yep. Except for... Except for... Sergeant uh, Al Powell. Yeah, he's the only good person in this movie. And oh, even Mr. Takagi. He's a bit of a dick. He's got a bit of an ego. Yep. And then there's What's-His-Name, Ellis. <sighs> Ellis, Ellis, that was voted in a poll the number one, the number one biggest douchebag in movie history. Yeah, well, <laughs> we first see Ellis inviting Holly Gennaro to dinner multiple times, unwarranted and repeated. That is workplace harassment. But then, when she says no to dinner, he says, basically. How about having some eggnog and having sex with me in my living room floor in front of the fireplace? Yeah, yeah. So dinner's out. Dinner's or out, let's do a sex. casual hookup, yeah. coke-fueled orgy all night yeah. instead. Yeah. And then she goes, her response to that is no. And then, hey, heavily pregnant assistant, go get drunk. Yeah. It was 80s. She didn't. She doesn't tell him to go, her to go get drunk. She says for Enjoy her Enjoy the drink. party. She says, oh, you need to have some champagne. Uh, don't know about that. No, because she's about to pop. There's no such thing as maternity leave in the 80s. No, she's about to pop. And so I think by then a sip of champagne is not as bad. <laughs> as Holly says, that kid's ready to tend bar. Yeah. The Yeah, there are... Big male ego, ego issues with the deputy chief of police, the principal of the breakfast club. Yep. And the FBI guys, Johnson and Johnson. Don't know why they need to both be called Johnson. I, I didn't really get... Well, there's lots of jokes in the film. And one of my favourites 
is when this is Special Agent Johnson and the other guy goes Special Agent Johnson, and then the first guy goes, "We're not related." <laughs> yeah, I don't. But, but it's I don't. It's a joke. It's, it wasn't even funny. It was funny. Nah. Well, okay. well, what? Because one's white and one's black. Yeah, and that's the mm. joke. Isn't that one's white and one's black? He's making a joke about not related. Yeah, but it's not necessary. I just don't get People why. People would make that joke in real life. But it's like, why just come up with another name? But they, it's not like the guys are actually named Johnson in the true story and they kept them. Yeah. He made them both Johnson to make that joke. And the joke's funny. But no, nah, no, nah, it's not. <laughs> I think it was it's like he was thinking of names and then he ran out of names. Oh, just call this one Johnson again. Fuck it. Oh, and then if we say that, we can do this joke. Ugh. Nah. Okay. I didn't didn't get it. it. I didn't get it. It was just seemed stupid. It's a diverse cast, though. And then they're riding in. He's like, oh, it's like being back in Nam. (laughs) Yes, I was in junior high, dickhead. I I like the black Johnson. (laughs) Because... I'm glad I'm in charge of the editing. You can't just isolate that for a promo. <laughs> I like the African American agent whose last name whose is Johnson. Last name is Johnson and isn't related to the Caucasian agent Johnson. I like when he says I was in junior high. That was funny because I think the younger Johnson. Doesn't like the older Johnson. No, I don't think he does. And that's why he's like, oh, we're not related. Yeah. Because he probably, the older Johnson has probably made that joke, but has also probably made racist remarks towards the black Johnson. Yeah. And so he's now getting a jab back, but also gets a jab back by saying, I was in junior high, dickhead. Yeah. Oh, come on, old man. Um, Yeah, so... But that's a very masculine moment that he's loving flying in on the chopper and he's going yeah. to shoot some terrorists and that's a little that one's that's a little bit much for me. Yeah, that was a bit much. The I I really like Bruce Willis. I think he's very funny. I can definitely see why his New York captain doesn't like him. I I don't like John McClane. He's okay. One too much. He's a bit. Too, he's a bit too much. Yeah. Two. He's bad husband and a bad father. And then he comes back after six months and goes, oh, "Um, you're still married. Why aren't you using my name, uh, bitch? Because you just didn't go to with her when she got a new job." Well, we don't know the full backstory. Like he said. To Argyle, the nosy limo driver. Yeah. He can't just up and leave his active cases. Um, I think he could have. No, he decided. If he really he can't. wanted to, but he didn't want to. Well, because maybe. he values being a New York cop more than he values his um, child and wife. When he almost falls off the building, he realizes that he does value his family more than his job. Yeah, yeah. It just took Hans Gruber. The occasionally German terrorist. Yeah, and Hans and the Hansen brothers. Yeah, they're they're lackeys that are getting around with Alan Rickman aren't great. The Hansen. They are Han- the German Hansen. Yeah. It's like Ramstein meets Hansen. Yeah, it's Umbop. Oh, with, well, with a rocket launcher. Yeah. It's um I don't know, that's umbop. the only it's the only <laughs> say all I got. Umbop with a German trying, accent. Yeah, you can't at least do it. <laughs> no, because it's just a sound. Yeah. It's not a word. The uh, Alan Rickman is very good. Yeah. It's his first movie role. Uh, as we mentioned in the preview, he was a theatre guy before he got this role as Hans Gruber over some other big name villains uh, that we also mentioned in the preview. He's very good. His acting is so far above his lackeys. Oh, it, and everybody else in the whole cast. Yeah. It's, it's, very, it's a very interesting movie in that it's Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis, but they have one scene together. Yeah. And it's the worst scene in the movie. 
Quite possibly. When he pretends to be American. I'm like, this is bad. And it's probably meant to be bad. I think the, the scene when Argyle's miming being on the phone while things are blowing up outside him, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of actual scenes, yeah. Uh, I didn't think, I didn't mind. I think it's meant to be bad because John McClane works out that he's a terror. He's not a star. Yeah, it's quite obvious. Yeah. But Ode to Joy is Christmas music. Nah. It's not Christmas music, but it's about joy, which is one of the four things of Advent. Love, um, yeah. peace, hope, and Ode to Joy. Does that mean that, like, Moulin Rouge is a Christmas movie because it's all about peace, love, hope, and whatever? And consumption? Do you mean you did a little vaginal shape around your microphone? Is that what you meant? <laughs> no. My love? Peace, <laughs> peace, truth, beauty, and love. Yeah, truth and beauty aren't Advent candles. Mm. It's a bohemian movie. It's a bohemian Christmas. Right. Anyway... Shall we go through the movie or should we discuss the Christmas Christmosity of Die Hard, the motion picture? We could go through the movie and then I have points about how it's not a Christmas okay, movie. Because I have my own points, but also a website of list of points um, to back it up. And I feel like that website's list of points is longer than your list of points. But you're welcome to find a list of points to say that it isn't a Christmas movie. I have my own. America's weird. Uh, America's weird, particularly in the eighties, because he's just got a gun on a plane. Yeah, I was like, surely not. He's a like. It's all. It always struck me when I was younger that a lot of the time in Blue Heelers. There's a big thing about signing in and out your weapons. Yeah. And you can only have your gun when you're on duty. Yeah. But in Americans, cops just take their guns home with them at night. Yeah. Well, and it, apparently also take them on holidays with them to LA. Yeah, because you never know what's going to happen in LA. Including a terrorist Including attack a on Nakatomi yeah. Plaza. The, yeah, and the guy gets to him gets really worried. And I felt like saying, if he was going to do something to the plane, he wouldn't have waited until you landed. Yeah. Like, if that gun was a threat, you wouldn't have found that out on the tarmac at your destination. Yeah. (laughs) Something would have happened before now. And there would have been stuff stuffed in the gigantic teddy bear. Like, is that the only present that he's bringing for it? Does he have two kids or one? He's got two kids, Lucy and John Jr. Yeah. And they're sharing the teddy bear. Right. Even though... Shit. Lucy... I think he's older than yeah. probably that teddy bear deserves. Yeah, so then... The credits there. the credits go along on for a while. I, it's like gets to nearly 10 minutes and the credits yeah. are still going. Like there's four scenes before the credits finish. There's the flight. There's back to the party. There's the... St- the call to the stereotypically racist There's Spanish-speaking the call, yes, man. To the no, 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 he no telefono. Oh, illegal immigrant maid. Oh, what is that as well? Later? He then there's the scenes in the limo, and it's not until John gets to Nakatomi. Yeah, he pulls up and goes finished. directed by what's his face. Yeah, they're very long credits. The security guard that ends up dying. Mm-hmm. Is useless anyway. Yeah, well, why do they need him there? They've got the fanciest touchscreen yeah. technology. But so he gets to the building, right? You've done some reception work in your time. A little, a little bit, bit, yeah. If someone came to the building that you were the reception of and everyone was in the one room, would you make them look them up in the place? Oh, I'm looking for such and such. Go, oh, yeah, oh, well, look it up in the computer. There's a party on level 32. Just go there. Everyone's there. Everyone's there. If your ex-missus is in the building, she'll be at that party. The only reason to, that you made him do that is so we could see him look yes. up the name and then go, oh, because I abandoned her, now she's not using my married name. But did she abandon him? No, she got a, she got a better job opportunity and she took it. Yeah. So why does he have to go with her? Well, why? He, what if he, why does he have to quit his job? 
Because he can be a normal cop in fucking LA. But as we discussed in the preview, he's not a Beverly Hills cop. He could have been a Beverly Hills cop. I mean, the limo driver almost was. Could you imagine a... No, I don't think John McClane would work in LA. Well, he could have given it a chance for the sake of his family. He is now going to because he's got his in with Sergeant Al Powell. Yeah. They're going to run their own moonlighting thing in LA. That could have been a spin-off. There you go. Imagine that. Sack Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. And just have a Bruce Willis and Sergeant Al Powell. Yeah. Who becomes the dad in Family Matters. Oh, so yes. So Urkel's going to end up with Uncle John McClane. There you go. It's all a big crossover. That's it. Instead of rebooting Family Matters or Die Hard or Moonlighting, just do it all in one. All in one. Sybil probably needs some work. Yeah. She's still alive, Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, she's still alive. Well, there you go. Let's write it. Done. We're planning a sitcom. Let's make it that. Yeah. Because we also wanted to reboot a crime show. True. Just combine them. Yeah. And Urkel's there. Urkel, yeah. Urkel, the dad, and if it's John Beverly, McClane. It's, and then is Axel Foley there? Axel Foley's there, yeah. Because yeah. Where is that in relation that, to Bel Air? Maybe that Will, will Smith involved? stop um, Eddie Murphy from making another shit haunted house movie or Daddy Daycare 4. Yeah. If he's doing this. And we'll get Will Smith in. But he's a flog, I reckon, Will Smith. Yeah. No, he's apparently a nice guy, but anyway. So, the guy, Ellis just is doing coke in the office. Yeah. Because it's the 80s. And then... Or it's 2021. Why not just do coke in your office Christmas party? And then there's a bit of casual homophobia in there. Really? Yeah. This guy comes up to Bruce Willis and kisses him on the cheek. And then he freaks out. And he goes, fucking California. Like, just settle down, Bruce. I think that's Californians are weird, not Californians are gay. Mm, I don't know. That's what I got from it. Does he reckon there's no gays in New York? All the gays are in California. Yeah, fucking California. <laughs> the He gets his shirt off quickly. And I think that's deliberate to show that he's not the big muscle guy, like we were talking about in the preview. Yeah. He's, he's not, not Arnie. Arnie. Or Stallone. He's just an ordinary bloke doing his fists with his toes. Yeah. Which I'm going to try next time I yeah. fly. I think that's the only thing I learned from this movie. It's only, But it's only like a five-hour flight from New York to LA. Yeah. It's not far. That's long for them. Like in Australia. Yes. Flights are long because we're fucking miles away from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So for us to go to LA, it's 14 and a half hours. Yeah. For John McClane to go to... There's lots of shorter flights, is my point. Yes. People get shot really quickly. Yeah, they get shot so quickly that at one point, somebody gets shot before a gun is shot. Oh, really? Yeah, there's one point. Was uh, it the receptionist, concierge the sec- guy? The useless security man. Yeah, it's just like, it's like it, the cuts to the <laughs> to whoever it is, and then he's like, gets hit. Yep. And you see, like, the blood splatter. What's those things called? Like blood packs? No, they've got a name. Anyway. And then, yeah, so they go, it goes bang, bang, and then the gun goes pew, pew, after he gets shot. It's called a squib. A squib. So the squib's fired before, yeah, before the sound Isaac Hansen of the gun. shot the gun. Yeah. That American guy that's with them that's on the computers, annoying. The American terrorist guy with the computers... Oh, yeah. Annoying. Yeah. 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 Everybody in this movie is annoying, except Powell. Everybody and, and, else and is Lucy a dickhead. McClane. Well, I don't even <laughs> the, know. She's a bit annoying. The little kid. Oh, the kid, not the wife. I thought not the, meant wife. the wife. <laughs> Holly. Holly Janeiro. She's a bit shit, too. I think Lou Pay's annoying. I don't know the name of the maid, but <laughs> I'm just going to go with the typical. She's not annoying, but... The way they wrote her is quite quite annoying. Yeah, it's a very 1980s way of writing yeah. an illegal immigrant maid. Um, and then... But they did have to set up that she was illegal because that's how the asshole reporter gets into their house. But did they set up that she was illegal? They didn't. She just speaks Spanish. Yeah, but then you assume, because it's the 80s, 
yeah. that all Spanish-speaking people in LA are illegals, which is not good. No. Not good. Racism. Alan Rickman plays arrogant like no one else. Oh, I was like, at one point I was really thought he was just going to give 500 points to Slytherin. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still seeing Snape with a slight German accent. Yeah, it's a young Snape <laughs> with an occasionally German accent. Yeah, and then he went and... And John and, McClane is in yeah. Gryffindor. And Exactly. And then Hans Gruber went and cheated on his wife and bought some other woman a necklace. Yeah. John McClane would, would be in Gryffindor because he's oh, a yeah, hero 100%. and he just does things. Yeah. And they happen to work, so Dumbledore would love it. Yeah, and Sergeant Powell, oh, a Hufflepuff. Oh, yes. So be a Hufflepuff. And There's a lot of Slytherins in this movie. Yeah, but I think Ellis <laughs> would be in Ravenclaw but wants to be in Slytherin. Yeah. The Sorting, like the hat, sorting hat would have put been put like... Because mm. he's really clever. Yeah. But he's also a douche. So wants yeah. to be... And he's always trying to make friends with the Hanson brothers. Yes. In order to get in good with Snape. Yeah. Slash Gruber. Yeah. Yeah. Is this another crossover? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) There was a meme. So the the debate is whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But I saw another meme. And this is a throwback to when I used to describe memes on the podcast all the time. And it says, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. Someone's in a tower running away from Alan Rickman. It's a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is. And then there's he's a, basically playing Snape. Yeah, there's another one that says, if you watch Love Actually yep. and then watch Die Hard, then Alan Rickman gets what he deserves. For being an asshole to <laughs> Emma Thompson. And everyone loves Emma Thompson. Yeah. She's Nanny McPhee. Sure. There you go. Not that I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> for a good cop, yes, John McClane has clearly not have had much exposure to a machine gun. Because the first time he picks up a machine gun and shoots it, he was like holding it real weird and just like... Ugh. Well, I think he's a street cop. Yes. They don't have machine guns in New York, no. surely. Yeah. Well, so he's probably not... He probably hasn't had much experience with... Machine guns. Do we do another crossover that's uh, John McClane origin story that then crosses over with Police Academy? Oh, I thought you were going to put him in like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No. <laughs> the, yeah, he hasn't had much experience with machine guns. And it's interesting how much time he has sometimes. Like he has enough time to write on that guy's jumper. Now I have a machine gun. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. And even though he doesn't know anything about machine guns, he knows a lot about how elevators work. Yeah, but not how explosions work. So at one point he throws this dynamite down the elevator shaft and then he just looks at it and he's like, oh, shit, it's coming back up. No shit, mate. Well, (laughs) he probably doesn't know that a brick of the plastic explosive is that big. Is he really that? Is he really that good a cop, though? Especially when it's like mm. he's climbing down the elevator shaft and he wedges in the machine gun to like hook him in. Yeah, nah. Not that happening. was well. What also doesn't happen is you see him dropping away from the wall of the elevator shaft, but he grabs the next duct. Yeah, yeah, bit nah. But anyway, we believe that shit because it's an action movie. It's an action fantasy movie. But he does do... This is the other reason he'd be in Gryffindor. He does super high-risk shit without any regard of whether it's going to work. Yeah. He's either like, this guy's going to shoot me. Well, I'm going to just have to throw myself out this window. Yeah. Or I'm just going to have to jump off the roof of one of the tallest buildings in LA and see what happens. There is a lot of just... Needless and, and like unnecessary shooting at no one. Like sometimes they'll every just time be like, someone's appears, they'll walk in a, into a room and just like shoot. Yeah, just like when me when I'm playing like Golden Eye on Nintendo sixty four, <laughs> just in case there's a bad guy in the room, just go in and go. Nothing. It's going to shoot in an air vent through the fan. That's not going to work, mate. Well, it does work because he almost gets shot. Almost. 
the air vent thing. It. I, that's what I like about this movie. Sometimes you just want to. I just want to watch an action movie where just there's a lots of shooting and shit yeah. blows up. Yeah, that's why it's made for men. And the explosions in this movie are good. Yeah, the, yeah, they're good explosions. The bit with the air vent, and then it's so weird. There's so much just unnecessary shooting until he's in the air vent. So you've got the air vent that's like the length of the room. Yep. And then they're trying to kill him. Yeah, they're trying to kill him. And so they shoot all the way up to like where he is and then stop. Well, because he gets called away. You've got to go away. I'm like, give me two seconds. Bang, bang, bang. I'm going to shoot. But he's technically not meant to be shooting this guy. Alan Rickman says, wait till later, and then you can shoot the guy. Shoot the I don't know guy. why. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit stupid. Ellis just about ruins the whole thing, though. Oh, that's a surprise. Mm. But it's a Coke movie in two ways. Yep, it's not it's Pepsi. Definitely not a Pepsi movie. Yep. And it's definitely not a heroin movie. No, they got the budget for <laughs> Coke and Coke. Coke <laughs> and Coke. Not the budget for uh, Blues Brothers level no, of coke no uh belushi's level of coke but there is coke in there for ellis to mime taking at different points throughout the movie and just like i'm like you're fired i'm sorry lucky dead because then there's this whole hr mess they didn't have to deal with on monday oh yeah well um you were doing coke in the office and then in front of everybody and then you sexually harassed your boss i i feel sorry for hate like realistically in the real world, I feel sorry for HR people at this time of year. I had a, worked in a Friday night and then there was a table next to us of another thing that we were like, that's definitely a workplace. And I was like, oh, I was like, this, something's going on here. This could oh, get dear. a bit HR issues on Monday morning in a second. But then some guy went over to one of the guys and was like, reel it in, mate. Was that a HR guy, do you reckon? No, I think it was like the boss boss. Well, he he was acting like a boss. He was wearing a vest, so. I was at a Christmas party once and they had like a maze because it was a festival theme. And then it became unspokenly known that one corner of the maze was the cocaine corner. Oh, okay. And so that was happening. But then one person who wasn't as in the secret knowing as obviously the other people, came out of the maze, saw their team leader, told their team leader that they'd just done cocaine for the first time. Oh, nice. As the legal department was walking past them to go into their maze attempt. Oh, no. And so the team leader had to be like, we're going to have a meeting on Monday. Yes. And see her from legal. She's going to be there too. Yeah. It is a terrible time of year. People forget that work parties are work parties. Yes. And not just parties. The work party is an extension of the workplace and should be treated as such. So that's our little warning to you people out there. Even though by the time this episode comes out, it's the week of Christmas, most people have had their parties. Yeah. People could be listening to this on Tuesday morning on their in their way into a meet with HR. Maybe. So good luck. It's good luck. That's you. And if you know, if things start to go awry... You can work for the Nakatomi Corporation. You can just strap some C4 explosives to a chair and throw it down the elevator shaft. Yeah. The... Yeah. That was the thing. It's like there's something going on there and the stupid incompetent cops. Oh, no. Blah, blah, blah. And then oh, Sergeant that, Powers that radio like, center. G- goes like... At one point, like, what about that guy that just was thrown out, just fell out the window? Yeah. And the, the I think, deputy goes... The oh, principal from yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfast He Club. just goes, oh, he's just a depressed stockholder. Yeah. But even before that, when he radios in... Yeah, yeah. And says, shit's gone down here. And all she says was, this is an emergency frequency. And he's like... It is a fucking emergency. It's a fucking emergency, mate. (laughs) I don't know where I watched it last time, but I don't remember this much swearing. It's a lot of swears. And I watched it on Disney Plus. Well. Which you'd think they'd take out one or two fucks and jerk offs. And motherfuckers and assholes and dickheads and. Dickheads don't swear these days. You're expecting 
swearing when the most famous line from the movie is yippee ki motherfucker. Yeah. So... yippee ki motherfucker. It's a great line. Um, Another question. Mm-hmm. How many times get a man get kicked in the head? I know oh, it sounds like a line from the Bob yeah. Dylan song, but how many times can a man get kicked in the head and still keep going? I, not that many. Not as Three many as times. John McClane. Yeah. It's out of control. Oh, and things. then the, there was a w- couple of weird things. Um, Like something, something happened and then Hans got the detonators back or something. And then he's like, we're back in business. And then there was this weird dramatic look from Taylor Hansen to him that was just like, and then just cut. It was very strange. Because I think then then at that point, Taylor Hansen was like, "Um, you've lost and both my brothers have been killed. Yeah. Um, And then this weirdly dramatic music when this electromagnetic thing opens. It was like opening the Ark of the Covenant or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole point of their whole plan. Oh, it was weird. And then they shot, they Ode get the joy. shares, and then it was weird. This you is why crypto's was. better, so, because you can't steal the paper shares. Ode to Joy is throughout the movie. It's, yeah. it's well done musically, because it's Ode to Joy in a baddy, ominous sense yes. when they get there. But then when they succeed in their plan of opening the vault... Yeah. Ode to Joy plays the good version. Yeah. Because that's successful. I don't I haven't looked up who the composer is. Um but Beethoven. He Michael Kamen, K A M E N, sorry if I said it wrong, Michael, if you're listening. The people also search for, right? I searched composer diehard. People also search for Robert John Lang, then Brian Adams. Who's Robert John Lang? I don't know. But the second one is Brian Adams. Maybe he did a song for Die Harder with a Vengeance or whatever the stupid name for the sequels were. Oh, it would be like Die Hard. Brian Adams would be the song over the credits. Yeah. One of those ones. Everything I do. But Michael Carmen Kamen, sorry. To make sleigh bells sound ominous yeah. is quite a feat. At the very start of the movie... There's sleigh bells, and you're like, oh, it's Christmas. Then they're like, oh, but they're like Krampus sleigh bells. Yeah. Now that I know who Krampus <laughs> is, not Santa sleigh bells. They're the Grinch, they're not good. Santa. I'm going to look up. I'm going to watch a Krampus movie. Yeah. I think. Um, the fucking asshole reporter. Oh. What the fuck? Let's go and like, you're going to let me in or I'm going to port you to immigration. I'm like, dude. What the hell? You're going to break... He, he essentially breaks into the house. Yeah. And co-ops the kids into an interview that I feel like could have, in a different version of the movie, led Gruber to the house in like a revenge on McLean oh, yeah. type thing. Yeah, like Syndrome at the end of The Incredibles. Yes. I feel like that's what it was setting up for, patreon.com forward slash tutoring cinema for our review of The Incredibles. Yes. I feel like that's what it was setting up for. Yeah. And maybe if he got out, he would have gone there. Yeah. Maybe he if he was Michael Myers and could fall off the building and survive, yeah. Yeah. he would have. Yeah. Um. You know, but then they decide to just like, Shoot the building down while there's all hostages in there, right? So, the plan is, and I've only got it on a repeated viewing, okay? Yeah, yeah. They're stealing $600 million of bits of paper. Yep. And they say, we want you to take us away in the helicopters. Mm-hmm. But then they blow the whole top of the building up, but they actually leave at the bottom. So, they're f- trying to fake their own death. So that they can escape with the money. Yes. Because as he says to Holly, if you steal $600, you can walk away. If you steal steal $600 million, they're going to come looking for you. Yeah. But they won't come looking for you if you're dead. No, but then like the cops and the FBI are like, well, let's just go and shoot the place up. Oh, them, yeah. And then they go, oh, we can deal with losing 20 to 25% of the hostages. That's terrible. So at this stage of the movie, I did some maths. At this stage of the movie, say there was 32 hostages. 25% of that is eight people. Yep. At this point of the movie, there is only seven bad guys left. 
So then if you're going into that thing, you're going to lose more hostages than bad guys. And they've already lost two hostages in Takagi and yeah. Shithead Ellis. That Takagi bit. You know when Han's like, I'm looking for Mr. Takagi. That was bad. And he lists his whole resume. And yeah. It's and like then, a wedding speech. And then the cameras are just like, Asian man. Asian man. <laughs> Asian man. It was really like, we get it. Yeah. There are other Japanese working here. <laughs> yeah. But it was just a bit weird. It was a bit weird. Um, I want, I just want someone to look at me the way Al Powell looks at John McClane oh, at the end of the movie. It was very romantic, wasn't it? <laughs> but even the music. Yeah. Like yeah. it was love music when he's walking out with Holly, it was, which is great. Yeah. But then the love music crescendos into seeing it was, Al. It was more romantic when Al and John met than when John was reunited with his yeah. wife. And I think... Bruce Willis brought over the Sybil Shepherd's filter from Moonlighting to put over Al Pal <laughs> yes. in that scene. No, it was weird as well. Like but when... then Al does this, does his <laughs> laugh. Yeah. And then their buddies and yeah. their kids are going to play in the jungle gym, even though John Jr.'s four <laughs> and Al Jr.'s not even born yet. Um, and then John's on the roof. So John... It's like, oh, shit, they're going up to the roof with the hostages. Yeah. And they're going to explode it. Yeah. So don't. So then he goes onto the roof with the machine gun while the helicopters are coming in. And then he's just like, get downstairs. And he's just shooting yeah. the machine gun. And then when the helicopter's going to shoot at him, he's like, I'm on your side, dickhead. Yeah. I'm like, you are a crazy person on the roof with a bunch of hostages shooting a machine gun at them. You're a bad guy. You appear to be bad. Yes. Yes. It's a very hard point to argue that you're the good guy at that point. Especially because he's covered in blood. Yes. And just wearing a singlet. Yeah. And he looks German. <laughs> <laughs> if he had hair, it would be long and blonde. <laughs> um, you know, with the... And then at the end... Yes. The, the tech guy... Goes back to the basement to go in the van to yeah, leave. Yes. To smuggle them out in an ambulance. Yep. That was somehow in the back of the truck at the end of the movie. But then at the start of the movie when they arrived, there was no ambulance in the back of that truck. Oh, uh, yes. Weird. Maybe it was a different truck. There were no, two there trucks? Was only, there was only one truck. Who knows? There was only one truck. Okay. They grew a limo. There was actually another Hanson brother, the one that's not in the band, oh, building right. a limo. Uh Building, building an ambulance, ambulance in the back of the truck while right. they're up there doing the rest of it. Okay. okay. He's got the Alan, He's got his Alan Key from Ikea yeah, and he's yeah. building his ambulance. Germans, they can engineer yeah, things. That's true. It's a okay. Volkswagen ambulance. Yeah. I hope that's not a hostage. Mm. That that was a very strange line. You know what made it strange? I, I yeah. laughed at it. Yeah. It was a very strange line. It's a strange line because five minutes before that, they were just willing to go in there and kill a bunch of hostages. It's like, oh, I hope that's not a hostage. I'm like, do you well, really hope that that's not a hostage? The FBI were willing to kill some hostages. Yeah. Well, he was at some point as well. Well, not maybe not kill hostages, but just to go in and, oh, deputy, whatever. Yeah. Just go in and shoot yeah, the place Yeah, he was just going to go in. Here's a question. If you were the Los Angeles Police Department and there was a terrorist attack on an office building that was pretty big. Yeah. Would you park your tank two suburbs away? Probably not. Probably (laughs) take the tank to the building. Wouldn't they say call in the tank? It's like a five minute... (laughs) Like driving of the tank. It's like blue others again. Yep, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah. Like they left it at base and now they've got to yeah. bring it up <laughs> now. Like, well, I'd probably have brought that at the start just in yeah. case. Yep. Yep. But also the tank can't get upstairs. So it's not an awfully useful tank. No, it's a bit strange. Really. It pauses at the stairs and leaves itself as a sitting duck to get shot. Yeah. Um. The... Christmas. Let's do it. Can I just ask one more question before yes. we get into the Christmas? I don't know if I missed something, but why is this movie called Die Hard? Is because it's hard for him to die? Well, I don't know. There we go. Have you Googled it? No. 
because I was trying to work it out myself. But then it's like Die Hard, and then everybody in this movie. I'm sorry, everybody in this movie sucks. Well, there's, there's like two good characters in the whole movie, and one of them isn't even John McClane. I I like it. It's based on a book called Nothing Last Forever, which is a sequel to like a Roderick movie. Thorpe's '66 novel, The Detective. It took him 13 years to write his second book. How did the deputy guy get to being a deputy? He's clearly incompetent in his job. Well, it's a saying in management. You get promoted to your level of incompetence. No comment. (laughs) At 1 minute 51, there are sleigh bells ringing in the airport. Okay. The When he lands... Oh, before that. When he lands, the hostie says... Have a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Before that, he has a Christmas present that is a teddy bear. Yes. So we're two minutes into the movie and I've given you three examples of Christmas references. Mm-hmm. What have you got? Um, if I was at a Christmas party mm-hmm. and I hired a string quartet, I would get them to play Christmas music, not Ode to Joy for three hours. They do play classical music more than they play... Christmas music. But it could have been a miscommunication. What, a translation issue between Japanese and... String Quartet got hired, and, oh, we're going to hire you for your Christmas party. What do you want us to play? Oh, just the usual stuff. And the hirer means the usual stuff being Christmas music. Yeah. But the agent for the string quartet thinks the usual stuff is their usual set list. Nah. Um, Just no, that's incorrect. (laughs) Good debating skills. I didn't do debating in school, can you tell? At 7 minutes 44 in the limo, the song Christmas in Hollis plays. The rap song Christmas. Terrible song. Terrible song, yes, but that's okay. It's not as bad as a... It's probably the second worst rap song we've reviewed recently. I yes. think the Adams Family Jam, whatever it was called. This website, right, nofilmschool.com forward slash die dash hard dash Christmas dash examples. Yes. Goes through the script, right? But instead of saying in the hallway in Holly's office, she talks a lot about Christmas, it's 3 minutes 16, Harriet's Christmas Eve. 3 minutes 18, families. 3 minutes 19, stockings. 3 minutes 22, chestnuts. So it's one conversation. 3 minutes 24, Rudolph and Frosty. 3 minutes 44, Ebenezer Scrooge. 4 minutes 22, <laughs> looking for presents. 4 minutes 31, Santa and mummy. Somebody somebody has spent a bit too much time Too on much this. time. Um, you know we were saying about Christmas... Um, Things, Advent, whatever, hope and joy and The four crap. candles of the Advent. Do you yes. know what are things that aren't a part of Christmas spirit? Terrorism. Terrorism, homophobia, Murder. drug use, racism, chauvinis- chauvinism and yarbos. Yarbos have no place in a Christmas movie. At corporate Christmas parties, yarbos do, especially in the 80s. We, I, no. If you were to a corporate <laughs> Christmas parties in the 80s and you didn't see yarbos, it's not a Christmas party. I don't know, but John whistles jingle bells as he arrives at Nakatomi Plaza. I could whistle jingle bells in July. Jenny has a Christmas pen. Jenny is Holly's (laughs) assistant. (laughs) Oh, God. Jesus, that could just be a Christmas pen that's on her desk and she just picks it up. John asks Argyle, the limo driver, to play Christmas music. And then he plays... The Adam's family rap. The bad yeah. rap. <laughs> the party guest kisses John and says Merry Christmas. Maybe that's why he doesn't like him, because he says Merry Christmas. No, but John loves Christmas. Fucking, fucking California. John McLean loves Christmas. Okay. Okay. Yep. Not There's anymore. Just so many talks about Christmas. But just because it is set during Christmas does not mean it is a Christmas movie automatically. Christmas movies are about Christmas from the beginning to the end. This is not well, a Christmas movie. It's this a wonderful is just an life. action movie. It's a wonderful life and love actually 
are not about are not Christmas movies. But yet. they are. Love Actually is started like two weeks before Christmas, and then finishes at Christmas. This whole movie is on Christmas Eve. But it's not about Christmas. Neither is Love Actually. It is. It's about love. Well, this we're not discussing Love Actually. Well, right? that's in, a whole other kettle of fish. In debates, you can bring up other examples. It's called no setting precedent. a precedent. <laughs> okay, I've watched a lot of legal dramas. In do, suits, they do that all the time. Um, he anyway. always references movies in suits. <laughs> always. Um. It could take place at any other time. It could just be a normal Tuesday. But, it could be Thanksgiving. It could be Halloween. But Christmas is the reason that John has come to LA. But he could and have, is at that building. But he could have done that for any other holiday or yeah, any other. He weekend. could have, and or he could have been a good husband and father and just moved to LA when Holly well, got a new fancy job. In, in it's a wonderful life. He could have been depressed on any other day too. But he wasn't because it all led up to that thing. But it all led up to Christmas Eve, John coming to LA. Also, why would you come on Christmas Eve? No, because anyway. that's how they do things in America. They don't have big holidays for Christmas That's in true. They have like a week and a half off. Yeah. So they like finish Christmas Eve and then drive across the country to go and see their family because no one lives in the same city as their family in the US. Mm. But there's the the holiday of Christmas has no impact on the movie. Other like, than John being in LA because of it's Christmas. But that, uh, if it's Hansen, not Christmas, he's not in LA. But he, it could be any other time. But it's not. But Hans Gruber and Hansen aren't attacking Nakatomi Plaza because it's a Christmas party. They're just like, no, I'm free. What are you doing the 24th? Nothing. Okay, we'll just attack. We'll attack well, no, them. they probably picked the day that the building was emptiest, which they knew would be Christmas Eve. But it also could have been like Black Friday. When everyone's at the shops. Yeah. Um, Is it? Okay. Well, but he doesn't go home all, to visit all the Christmas for decorations. Christmas. He does. That's why he has a Christmas present. He goes home to reconnect with his wife and children. Because and he it loves, just happens to be Christmas. Because he loves Christmas and Christmas has made him realise he needs to reconnect with his family. Well, did he realise that, that is, on Christmas Eve? No, he realised Christmas was coming up. Mm. And like our auntie in the middle of October started to organise Christmas. People think about things earlier before Christmas. But it's been six months. He could have gone there plenty of other times. I think I'm. that's not helping my point. <laughs> yeah. And so... He could have gone there plenty of other times. He didn't go for Halloween. He didn't go for Thanksgiving. He didn't go for graduation of when his kid graduates kinder to go to first grade. Yeah, yeah. He didn't go when Holly got promoted because he didn't seem to understand that. Ellis had to tell him. Yes. Which I know enhances your point that he's a bad husband and father. Yeah. But my point isn't about his husbandry. It's okay, about his, his animal husbandry. Yeah. It's about his Christmosity. <laughs> Which, according to this website, okay, yeah, there are seven sound and music references. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot for two hour movie. Sleigh bells, Christmas in Hollis, the shit rap song. He whistles Jingle Bell, Ode to Joys throughout it. And even though it's not a Christmas carol, it's traditionally played at Christmas concerts. Mm-hmm. Let it snow. Is playing on the radio for Al to hum along to when he goes and gets his Twinkies. Yeah, yeah. Let It Snow plays over the end credits and Winter Wonderland plays over the end credits. That's seven Christmas songs. There's the That's Teddy six. Bear Christmas. Let It Snow's twice. Okay. There's the Teddy Bear Christmas gift. Jenny's Christmas pen. <laughs> I'm not including that. That's just a pen that's on your desk. He puts the Santa hat. Now I have a machine gun ho, ho, ho written on it. Yeah. Well, this website says Santa hat and shirt. It's just a hoodie that he writes on. It's not a Santa shirt. No, he makes it with blood. There's Christmas tape that he tapes the gun to his back with at the end. Okay. And according to this website, the paper falling from the exploded building resembles snowfall. That's a stretch. That is a stretch because I don't know how often... It snows in LA at Christmas. Well, I think that might be the point. 
is that it doesn't, but it's a white Christmas now. Because well, well it was a, it that, was a it, Ellis was having a white Christmas to say, too, as well as all of the paper falling when Ellis gets shot. Now all of his cocaine is also falling from the sky. So props. I'll take out Jenny's Christmas pen and the paper falling from the building. That's three. I'm up to ten Christmas references in a two and a half hour movie. This is a stretch. Twenty three Christmas references in the script, but as I mentioned before, they've. Picked each word out of one yeah, conversation. That's a bit much. So I'll halve that and make it 11 and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, 15 decorations on the set. Oh, that's. Well, nah. there's just lots of Christmosity around this movie. It's not a Christmas movie, it's an action movie that just happens to be set at Christmas. Is it a term I heard the other day, a Christmas adjacent movie? That is not a thing. It is a thing. Um, Christmas adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? It means like Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Love Actually, It's a Wonderful Life, and according to the Total Batman Reboot, Returns. the Total Reboot podcast that I heard it on, Catch Me If You Can, Christmas adjacent means Christmas forms part of the plot and the setting, but it's not a Christmas movie. That's also every Harry Potter movie. Well, there you go. Um, no, Batman Returns. Christmas adjacent. No, no, because Christmas pays a part, plays a big part in the overall plot of this movie. It's a Wonderful Life, Love Actually, but it doesn't play a big overall part. It's just a part of the year of Harry Potter. Yeah. Whereas in these ones, Christmas is the reason that he's in LA. So it's a very big part and the whole thing is set on Christmas Eve. So it makes it Christmas adjacent. More than Harry Potter. Okay. Even though Snape's in this one. So Disney Plus, um, if it was a Christmas movie, what uh, genre would you have it on in Disney Plus? Well, I know Disney Plus put it as crime. Put it as police cop, thriller, and action adventure. Not Christmas or holiday. That's what popped up when I did it. And you know what else? If you were making a Christmas movie... When would you release the movie? Yeah, I know it wasn't released for Christmas. Would you release it in July? No, I don't think you would. You would release it in December, like It's a Wonderful Life. And that just doesn't make sense. If it was a Christmas movie and that was how you were marketing it and it was so much about Christmas, you would release it at Christmas. I think it has become about Christmas since. Because I think people... there was one douchebag that said it's a Christmas movie and now every year we have to have a debate about if it's a Christmas movie or not. One and guy then, on... so everybody watches it and it's all some <laughs> conspiracy theory of the way to Bruce Willis to make more money off Die Hard. One guy on Reddit who was Bruce Willis with a fake username yeah. started this debate yeah. and now we have to talk about it every year and we've just added... To fuel yeah. to the fire. Yeah. Now we're and part of the debate. It's we're also so going to share five memes about it in the next week. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to say it's Christmas adjacent I'm, more than a Christmas movie. I'm not willing to say it's Christmas adjacent because that is bullshit term that I'm not going to use. <laughs> uh, it is not a Christmas movie. Is it, an, it is a ridiculously unnecessarily violent action movie that happens to take place at Christmas, where everybody in the cast except for two people is a complete and utter douchebag. <laughs> There's nobody good. There's no Santa. Nakato- Mr. Nakatomi, no. Mr. Takagi might be about to be played Santa. Well, you know when the boss disappears for a minute? Oh, um, where's Mr. Takagi gone there? Uh, oh, 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 I'm here. He didn't get a chance because he got shot. Yeah, he got shot. Um, the Santa hat that the guy in the... Lift ends up wearing after he gets shot, Isaac Hansen, mm. he probably, that was Mr. Takagi's Santa hat he was about to wear to give out all the gifts to everyone, including the Rolex to Holly that Ellis is quite proud of. He's a dick. Um, I can't get over how much of a dick he <laughs> is. just such a dick. Um, I don't often say... If this- it is a Christmas movie, which it's not, Ellis is like the worst person in any Christmas movie ever. And that is including, like... Hans Gruber. Yeah. And, <laughs> the like... Grinch. The Grinch. Krampus. And Krampus. And the guy, the bad guy in a wheelchair in It's a Wonderful Life. 
Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Actually, you know I haven't seen it. You know, actually, I probably should have done some more research so I don't then have to like... Justify um, that It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie, even pro- though it's not about Christmas, it's just set on Christmas. Yeah, maybe I should have done more research. Is it a... But using the example of Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You're firm in the idea that it's Christmas, not even not Christmas, and not even Christmas adjacent. No, I'm going with the phrase of Christmas adjacent. Okay, and I think that means I won. Well, no, we're <laughs> we both still have our opinions, which is okay. Shout yeah. out to anyone on social media comments yeah. section. It's okay. It's okay to have a different opinion about a 25-year-old dis- movie. To discuss something 35. and have a different opinion. But also, I respect your opinion. I I'm not going to block you on my social media now. <laughs> I respect your opinion. I don't respect the term Christmas adjacent. <laughs> I don't know who made that up. I feel like now somebody, another conspiracy theory, somebody has now made that up to stop people arguing about Die Hard. Just go, guys, 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 can we all just agree it's Christmas adjacent? I even... F- so when you're at your Christmas party and every, it comes up, goes, it's Christmas adjacent. And then the argument moves on from Die Hard as then is to what is Christmas adjacent. And then people talk about Batman Returns and Harry Potter and Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So, respecting your opinion, but not changing mine. <laughs> yes. How many lines of Coke out of five would you give it? <laughs> Two. 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 That's your lowest score for a while. I didn't really like it. You are generally not an action movie person. Well, it's just an action movie. It's nothing like... There's nothing groundbreaking or like fantastic about it. The acting's meh. Like Bruce Willis, I don't, I don't like his character. Like he's a great, apparently a great American cinema movie hero. Meh. I think he's gone a lot for the the ordinary man hero. Yeah. Which, like we talked about in the preview, wasn't a thing in the 80s. It's it's Gen X, you know, pumping up their childhood memories, nostalgia. Of... Oh, it's, there's so much nostalgia yeah. around it. And by the way, it's not 25-year-old movies. I said 30, I 35, yeah. Yeah, it's I, 35. Because it's the same age yeah, as I me. So, <laughs> so I'll just really... remind you of that. As we get closer Not to your mid thirties, I'm going to give it four. Four. I like it. I really like it because I don't respect that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> because there are good explosions, lots of shootings, some funny lines. I like Bruce Willis. Not so much in Red. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And the other recent ones where he just keeps to be playing the same old. Disgruntled man that has to shoot people. Yes. Did I tell you about when I watched Red? Or and you Red were watching too? it and you were like, I've seen this. It's like, I don't think I've seen this one. So I put it on and then I was like, I could tell you what happens next. I know what happens next. I had seen the movie and as the movie was rolling, I knew all of what was going to happen. But before I put it on, I had no memory of watching the movie. Yeah. That's how... That's how much of an impact it yes. left on me. Yeah. But I'm going to give Die Hard a four out of five. I think there's funniness and I think there's good bromance over the radio between John and Al. And I think he learns a lesson of the value of family and hope and love and peace. (laughs) And 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 ode to joy (laughs) at Christmas. And oh, come all ye faithful. Um, One last thing. Okay. Give, Give fucking Al a lift home in your limo. Yeah, his Al's, car's fucked. Al's car's fucked. He's not <laughs> driving it back to the station. Get him back and buy him some more Twinkies. Yeah. Like, come on. Proves he's a dick. He's got to reconnect with his wife, though. That's a higher priority. In the limo? Yeah. You could have waited 10 minutes to drive Al home and then oh, reconnect. They it. don't live 10 minutes away. Oh, Al might. Yeah. But they live out in a good suburb. Al Big was house. on his way home. Big house as mm. well. Of course. For, for the Janeiro. Yeah. Yep. Well, they've got to keep Yolanda there, or what, what's her name? <laughs> Lupe. Know. Lupe. Thank you for listening to another episode of To Drink Cinema. Let us know what you think about the Christmasness 
or the Christmas adjacent Christmas society of Die Hard the movie. Uh, we will be back next week. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Oddsox Entertainment. For more of Oddsox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheers. Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at NoPantsPod.